0: <laughs> That's like Canned Podcast
1: <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Canned a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about his book, iHomes, joining us is Michael Lent. Thanks so much for being with us, Michael.
2: Hey, how are you guys?
1: Oh, we're good. Looking forward to another uh, good episode here at Can you know, We don't put out bad episodes. Come on. it's all what it's we're all, all about. It's all gold. Not quality. <laughs> it's all gold here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on our uh, <laughs> retro roundtable this week. We're gonna be talking about robots. Very excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jack had suggested this, and like my first response was like, well, "We've already done that," but I don't think we have—not
3: once, how Not that I can remember. No, no. It seems like something we would have done a long time ago. But...
0: No, I think we're good though. There was something about robots that we've brought up, but I can't. I don't I know. think it was a like a main topic. I was sitting there watching uh, X Machina over the weekend, and I was like, oh, "Man, a robots are cool." <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Perfect, then we chose the right segment. Then we're gonna open the door to the comic vault. What do you have over there, Jake?
3: 4001 AD. The cover looks awesome. Oh, the cover is awesome, and this is like two-thirds of an awesome comic, too. (laughs) It takes a sharp turn into absurdity, but it was fun. Uh,
1: Nice, nice. All right, one of the books we'll be hearing about uh, there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Michael and talk about iHome. So, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable.
3: Hold on to your butts.
0: Spend no No. 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 expense.
1: City. All right. Famous Robots. Let's really quick kick this segment off. Uh, when me and Michael were talking via email, he said that this was the perfect topic to do because you had at one time pitched a game called Castle Storm and Robots, which just sounds like an awesome. I'm already sold. Awesome game. <laughs> Can you tell us about that?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I was with a company based out of Colorado called uh, Slime Sandwich, and it was a lot of the um, guys from Photo Bucket had started a game company. This was uh, 2007 through about 2013. And we put up a game, a big um, MMORPG called Scaps Agent. And then uh, a game that was like the number one game on iTunes for about uh, two nanoseconds called Chuck the Chilla, where you actually throw a, a chinchilla around a science lab. Uh, I mean, that was kind of fun, but one of (laughs) and or wanted to, yeah. (laughs) It just seemed to me like as a mashup, the idea of medieval robots kind of meeting almost, you know, Monty Python Holy Grail, where they could step on you could just, you know, disable them by them stepping on a rake or catapulting, you know, uh, a cow onto them, and you know, those that sort of things. So. Uh, unfortunately the game the company went under just as we were starting to develop that, but um, you know you, when uh, Jeremy mentioned the topic, it really touched a sore uh, subject a sore spot for me because oh, uh, the fact that yeah well you know ro- robots in the fictional world have really kind of let us down when you compare them to robots in the you know real world right and uh, yeah. Well, I didn't mean uh, to you uh, know, get a you
1: sore know. spot with you. I thought we <laughs> struck a nerve on that. <laughs> I want to talk about it.
3: Thanks for opening that up. Open. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of pissed people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe before this segment's over, I can pour some more salt in some other wounds <laughs> of yours. <laughs> I just didn't understand. It sounded like an awesome concept that would right. totally fly, especially nowadays with all the like the different Command and Conquer games. So sounds awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My point was a. Uh, like, in, in fiction, you have, like, the Terminator, or, you know, the the 800.
1: In reality, we have Asimo. <laughs> there are some pretty we cool robots, Baymax we, oh,
2: sure. we have, Baymax, we have Al Gore.
1: <laughs> as far as real-life robots, though, what about that one that Honda had built? Like, wasn't it kind of a uh, play on that? Like, wasn't it, at like, Asamoah? Asimo. Asim-o? Something like that. That was on yeah. South
0: Park with
1: But it's yeah. all, yeah, it is awesome. But it could, uh, like, walk upstairs and I stuff. I think he but.
2: was meant to be Gort. I think he was meant to be Gort.
3: <laughs> Should hope not. <laughs> Built for a different purpose, maybe. <laughs> you know what always impresses me is that, I think it's called the Da Vinci. It's, like, their microsurgery automaton. Like, just recently oh, completed yeah. the first... Minimally invasive procedure without any human supervision. That's crazy. That's extraordinary. Very much so. Think the medical field. That's that's the place to put advanced technology. We're
1: working our way toward Jason X. Remember that movie? (laughs) My greatest dream. Didn't that win a few Oscars, Golden Globes? I thought Uh, you mean all the Oscars. (laughs) I think it swept the uh, awards that year. But uh, yeah, that scene where his. Jason's corpse laying there, and all those little <laughs> nanobots come in and yeah. bringing back how retarded.
3: Oh man, the world's a broken, <sighs> desolate place. That it is. That it is. All right, now there's something I need to clear the air because if we're going to talk robots, I, I want to make sure we make the distinction. Are we talking like artificially intelligent robots, or like piloted mechs and things like
0: that? Anything you want. I was wondering that same thing because it it could go two different ways. But just a robot in general.
3: Any, any, yeah, anything like, you want. One of my favorite science fiction concepts, in spite of the every violation of physics and reality it uh, it commits. Is the gigantic piloted robot sort of like get your Pacific Rim and things of that nature? Which I know I we've had conversation. I know. Oh, here we go again. Let's have the conversation where no only second Jake thought. This like- does not qualify for the segment. I'm sorry. Moving on. I just say I love gigantic machines of war. Oh, you know what? I just realized this ties into the comic I brought, so that's cool. Look at you. Hey, making connections. Full circle mm. here. Yeah. That's nice,
1: me. nice. Okay, I got a famous robot here. Who here remembers? Uh, the little adorable girl robot, Vicky. I
0: was sitting here oh, looking sounds at really like, list, and she's one of them,
1: too. From the, the show Small Wonder. Wonder. Oh, yeah. Remember that oh, show? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: lost. Vacuum and pick <laughs> up a couch with one arm from oh, the corner yeah. of the couch.
1: What about you, Michael? Do you Super- remember Small Wonder?
0: I don't remember
2: Small Wonder, but now you got me wondering about Small Wonder.
3: Ah, see—that's the
1: magic of small wonder. We, yeah. Yeah. we made him have a yeah. <laughs> small wonder himself. Whoa, whoa, Look at that!
2: Look at that! But oh. this is
3: next level entertainment. But I do
2: have—I <laughs> do have a question. Sure. Is—is is RoboCop a robot?
3: I He's would, robot enough yeah, for this conversation, so. and an American yeah. hero worthy of our respect, obviously.
1: Okay, in that same vein as RoboCop, does Darth Vader qualify as a robot? Mm.
2: Nah, no. because isn't it like sort of the underpinnings are human, and then he has this, like, basically a prosthesis? Or, I mean, I, I think what qualifies as a robot?
3: Darth Vader is a human hmm. being with extensive prosthesis. RoboCop. Was a human framework upon which a killing machine was built. You know what I mean. I think he's more even Even though like a autonomous than human. Yeah, yeah. And the line is literally he's more machine than man. Right. That's what I was going to say. Is like Robocop (laughs) is more more machine than man than Darth Vader. But in
1: ways he's more human than I'll ever be.
2: (laughs) So would Osimo from South Park be considered a robot? You goddamn
1: right. He's on my fucking list.
3: (laughs) Osimo, are you a pleasure model?
2: I am (laughs)
1: Asimo.
3: Week. What a great Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> Weak.
3: <laughs> when when Butters leaves him alone for like a minute and he scrambles to the bathroom and starts eating the toothpaste. Cause oh it's yeah. like Three days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my oh, god.
1: Lord. Priceless show quality. How about the uh, the robots from Mystery Science Theater? Oh man. Tom Servo yeah. and Crow. Oh. Shoot. Crow was yeah. a gypsy. Oh, oh gypsy.
0: Yes, a gypsy. Yeah. And There's someone else too in there.
1: Oh yeah, but I can't remember any of the other ones' I think names. Their names—they're like small part
0: robots in it.
1: If they weren't funny, I didn't care to right. learn their <laughs> name.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I got other things to learn about the uh, Iron Giant robot. Oh, you beat there me you to it! Yeah. Ah, Iron Giant rules. I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a long yeah, time. Same yeah, same here. Me too. Yeah. I hardly remember anything about it, but a good movie it was. I remember being pretty young when that came out mm-hmm. you know went to see it with the family just kind of yeah. killing a weekend and I was like, oh, this giant's really cool. He'd be cooler if he had guns, because I was a fucking weirdo when I was younger, and everything had to be armed and dangerous. And then right at the end of the movie, he becomes guns. You know, like every part of him is a new and more What do you mean
1: weapon. when you were younger? You have sat behind this microphone several times and said you wished that your consciousness was put in a robot armed with guns. That's fair.
3: I'll give you that. I cannot Boom. deny it. <laughs> I just want to be guns uh, one day you keep dreaming
1: <laughs> anything's assume. possible if you put your mind I to. know right yeah alright guys Jack uh, Michael famous robots Full yeah. Ooh,
0: Voltron oh interesting they're did, supposed to be remaking that or did they yeah. remake that yeah and season 2 just came out I spent most of the weekend crushing that series <laughs> I have yet to watch and it crushed it bro <laughs> Crushed it, <laughs> and the that lion savage. Voltron, not the car. Right, that's cheap some car bullshit. Voltron. Yeah, <laughs> Man, I remember. Whose when I was idea kid, was that? I don't know. I remember when that series was on. Every day, it was like three o'clock, it was on the lions, like clockwork. One day, I think it was like a Wednesday. Turned it on, it was Voltron. But it was a whole bunch of cars, airplanes, and helicopters. And I was like, what the heck is this?
3: Diet Voltron. (laughs) Like one calorie caffeine-free Voltron.
1: Uh, Voltron clear.
3: Oh, man, I can't believe it took me this long to think (laughs) of it. Um, And I want to clarify. Generation 1, R.I.P. the OG first season Transformers. Mm. It's about the closest thing to religion I recognized Uh, when I was a kid. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. Transformers movie with its terrible, terribly awesome soundtrack. You got the yeah, it's so good.
1: Yeah, you got the power. Optimus Prime's still my hero. I think this will be now the third episode we go out on that song, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it happens it's like all a the tradition time. Now. I'm not arguing. I mean, no, I, I like going. Uh, out works on that for song. me. So uh, yeah, it works. Michael, what about a, what about you? Some famous robots. Robots. Robots.
2: Ash and Bishop.
1: Ash and Bishop you I don't know who this is
2: Alien and
3: Alien Oh
1: jeez oh, yeah. Okay now wow. now hey I've got a good excuse here I said on the show before I haven't I haven't seen aliens and I, was I like I still haven't kid. come
3: to terms with that Yeah but you yeah. you guys who gave really? me so much I, shit Yeah <sighs> who have seen it you got me there. what about David believe...
2: from Prometheus then
3: yeah yeah in that same vein mm-hmm. but just like with the asshole switch yeah. turned to 11 and then broken off <laughs> yeah, <really>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no you are saying it goes to 11 <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, right. oh man great oh, androids God. well one of them was pretty great I think the other was kind of a dick I mean, if someone tried to strangle me with a rolled up paper, I'd, I'd be pissed. But <laughs> you don't even know what I'm referencing. I don't, but it, it sounds it's funny. It's funny. I
1: mean, you're saying if you were strangled, you'd be but, pissed. Right. That's funny. I, that's true. Yeah. It's funny. It's, I
3: cannot tell a lie. Uh,
2: the actor that played Bishop is Lance Henriksen, and he. A total in- bad. Yeah, he does a lot of uh, California Comic Cons And he is just such a cool guy
3: That I believe uh, really amazing person One of my all-time favorites Love to meet him one of these days I need to watch this movie You do, man? What are you doing here? We're oh, gonna geez. cut the episode now You know what? There's
1: movies that you guys haven't seen That probably warrant as much harassment No, so, no once Not we come across a- alien and oh, aliens what? Jack, it wasn't you who hasn't seen Goodwill Hunting? Oh,
3: shit, really? <laughs> right. Ooh, oh boy! Oh, Oh no, Will! What's
0: what are
1: we gonna do? <laughs> no, nope, oh, <it's> yeah. wrong! All <laughs> oh, from uh, Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> oh, <okay. Right> <laughs> <laughs> the camera guy comes up to Ben Affleck and Matt Damon puts his hands on. He's like, "Let's make it happen, guys!" So I like, get your fucking hands off me. <laughs> Oh my God! Okay. Anyway, Lordy. moving along, famous robots here. Um, as a child, Conky from uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh shoot! Oh jeez! Oh yeah! Jeez. That was a robot one. that, as a child, mind you, I wanted. I mean, he, he was he was '80s fucking cool. He had an '80s boombox right as his upper yeah. chest. I mean, that's cool. And he would-
0: that's- Scratch and remix while he was talking. Yeah, what a badass. <laughs> was
2: <laughs> wasn't his best friend Lawrence
0: Fishburne?
1: Oh man, yeah, uh, Cowboy sir,
0: Carl. We,
1: He's everybody's best friend. friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cowboy Curtis, Cowboy Curtis, yeah, or Curtis, that's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> what'd you say, Carl? Cowboy Carl. Carl, yeah. Wasn't that your
3: nickname in high school? Oh, you just—I was just about shit, to man. say it, man. I was there. You just slightly beat me to the punch. You're all hopped up on caffeine. I've eaten. Oh yeah, I'm pounding Mountain Dew
1: like it's water <laughs> here.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, other famous robots,
3: guys. Uh, how about the Bender. one from Lost in Bender? Oh yeah that's My spirit a... animal <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> I love that.
1: Oh my god Every
3: time I've been talking about singularity and consciousness transferal and being a robot What I've really meant is I just want to be Bender mm-hmm. I just want to be great and know I'm great I want to have a shiny metal ass I can tell people to kiss <laughs> Be able to smoke and live off alcohol Right? You oh, could be the, the uh, oh yeah, that that'd be the big one yeah. right there yeah, I love when be... he stops drinking for a while. Gets that rusty beard, <laughs> <Yeah>. like Bender. <laughs> You're not getting behind the wheel sober again, are you? <laughs> How long has it been since you've had a drink? When he uh, turns human, that yeah. Would us. <laughs> yeah,
1: you could woo! you could be Bender in that aspect. I could. It would just take come over some and time. poke you woo!
3: <laughs> He just said woo. Oh Other great robots. Lost in Space, hell, 90, that robot. Thousand? Oh, how damn it! Every time I try oh. and stay lost in space, someone comes up with a much better robot, like <laughs> seconds before me. How? What a bastard! How? I should know. Space this Odyssey, two thousand one. Space Odyssey. If you tell me you haven't seen this movie, Jeremy, I'm going to flip this goddamn table. I'm on your team <laughs> now. this
0: time, Jeremy, because I've never seen it either. Oh, you guys Stop. I know who Hal though is. Uh, sque- creeps the hell out of me. I saw an archival thirty-five. Wait, what's Michael here? trying to say here? It was- it was stunning.
2: I was quoting how yeah. no day, stop. Oh uh,
1: Dave I thought he was saying like stop days. the conversation, Jake. You're wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the I
1: so I wished on a star as I said. <laughs> Michael, go ahead, spin it out. What were you gonna say? Tell me it was wrong. Thanks, man. Uh, Glad you got my few, back on this one.
2: Uh, a few years ago I met you know based in LA and I got invited to a few years ago Frank Darabont's uh, writer directors. Birthday party no was at Paramount Studios, and what he wanted for br- his birthday was to see 2001: Space Odyssey with like 500 of his closest friends. And uh, so we watched the movie. It was like I think it runs like three hours. And then when the screen, uh, the lights came up again, uh, we all sang Happy Birthday. It was it was really cool. This was oh, wow. uh, at, yeah, after he had done season one of Walking Dead. Wow,
3: that's wild. That's yeah. really cool. I
2: wish yeah, I could have been it was a nice there.
1: birthday. <laughs> I, what is it? I could have said I'd seen the movie then.
3: <laughs> I got a new video game yeah. for my last birthday. That was pretty cool. <laughs> were we spent it with pizza. two of my closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a movie, and then they ate all my pizza and laughed.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that's starting to turn a little
3: sad. Sorry to hear that, Jake. I'm not saying my birthday was sad. I'm saying all my birthdays have been sad. Oh. There's uh, a closet and a length of rope over there. I'll be right back. It get it or over maybe with. not.
1: <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right, moving on. What time are we at? We have, we have uh, time for a couple more here. The Megazord. Nice. Oh, yes. Boy, you hit a spot right there. <laughs> I might need to go change my pants <laughs> on that one. <laughs> well, oh, wow. I, I just went from six here. to
3: midnight. The old Megazord, the original right, Megazord. The big, chunky, yeah. super non-dextrous... But that's why he was awesome yeah, because blocking. he
1: had the odds against him. He's big and bulky and right. slow moving, but he's like still trying. It's like something they
3: needed to match size, but it was still a challenge because yeah. the coordination was difficult. This new one they had for this new movie looks like it's far like too really agile. sleek. Yeah, it's like a Jaeger yeah. from Pacific Rim, which rules. Oh lord. <laughs> That, uh, anyway, I'll see both of you in hell. I'm not going to get on the Pacific Rim rant here. I love that
0: movie. Ooh, that I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> 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 what oh. about the uh, robots from the movie Real Steel? Oh, yeah.
3: That yeah. was kind of cool. Not a great movie, but I like the no, robot yeah. boxing concept.
1: Uh, yeah. Hugh Jackman?
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Did he also do Chappie N- Oh, he
3: wasn't Chappie he, he was, yeah. <laughs> Weren't those similar kind of robots? Um, Chappie became self-aware And that was kind of It was like a robotic police Oh yeah, they were like blocky I really like that um, Kind of industrial robotic look um, Damn it, what's his name? District 9, Chappie Elysium Blomkamp, Neil Blomkamp He's got a really good eye For that kind of aesthetic Where it's futuristic But you can see the progression Of modern styles and technologies Feeding into it Always been a big fan of that aesthetic when I saw Chappie was
1: coming out, I, it just made me think of Johnny Five, uh, oh, Short yeah. Circuit. Absolutely. Those were fun movies. Oh. I wish they'd remake those. But, I mean, they're probably far too campy. I mean, yeah, they're he, a little, he was a little out there, but. Especially the second one when he got all. Punk Rocky. Oh yeah, he was hanging <laughs> out with those street thugs, and they spray painted him and put like a jacket on him and shit. Lord, the mohawk. Why does a robot need a jacket? Come on, <laughs> in case he gets cold, man. Come on, duh. He's made of metal. Anyway. Metal gets
3: cold. <laughs> All
1: right, I think we're uh, we good on this one.
3: I think we've covered. We, I think so. the big power players? The dead the horse robot. here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: I think too much caffeine was injected. maybe, maybe to just this a second so <laughs> with that let's just move right on. I had fun though. That was Me fun. Me too, same. And let's yeah. swing open cool. the door um. to the comic vault. The newly named yeah. segment, the comic vault by that was a uh vault.
3: opening sound effect. That was I great. apologize That was great. I can't tell what it sounded like to the to yeah. our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well,
1: uh, well, we'll find out in editing, <laughs> yeah, real yeah. It's pretty just quick. like, oh, Jake's having a stroke. That's a fun one. But no, uh, this segment, formerly known as the Comic Dump Bin, uh, we just decided to rename just because we were starting to get the impression people who were finding that the, finding out their book had made it into the Comic Dump Bin didn't seem like a good <laughs> right. thing. But
0: it, it was a good like thing. like the trash bit. Right. I,
3: the thing
1: is... This I've, week on
0: our comic shit pile.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, th- the thing
1: is, is I've got great experience with dump bins. I, I go for dump right, bins. Right, yeah. I find great stuff in there, and I, I realize that's not for everyone. I but like to it read It makes shit. sense through the lens of your experience. But yes. <laughs> without thinking about... The common man. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, the groundlings. Right. So, uh, our guests last week we it's had the on the show, people. our friends from the UK, uh, Nick Good, Harry Hughes, and Luke Barnes, uh, one of the guys, I can't remember, I think it was Nick, uh, suggested we call it the comic vault. So, that's what you, we're going to do. Yeah. Good, indeed.
3: So. <laughs> I get it. <laughs>
0: write that? Look
3: out, guys. Like that? We got puns.
1: All right. So, with the door swung open, who would like to go first this week?
3: If no one else wants to. I'll go
1: first this week. Oh, okay. How about that?
3: Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: the book I chose for this week is a book that we've actually uh, talked about on the show before with creator Jay Wright. It's his book called Undead End. And I had to pull this book out because I had so much freaking fun with it. It was so much fun. I guess I can relate. I used to deliver pizzas when I was in high school, and that's what this main character is doing. From the beginning, you open the front cover. He's getting ready to go to his shift delivering pizzas, which on a what I assume is a Friday evening. Maybe they even say that in here. He's out of high school. He's kind of down on his luck. He's still delivering pizzas. His boss is giving him all kinds of shit. You'll make sure you're back here, you know.
3: Pizza going t- out, come on!
1: Yeah, you do it better than I do. So, so he's rushing around on a Friday night trying to get uh, all these pizzas delivered. And he goes to get gas and runs into a very successful asshole from school. And he makes him feel little. He's still, you know, delivering pizzas after he's out of school. So he's feeling really down on his luck. Happens across uh, a girl that he went to school with by the name of Molly. Molly. And this uh, girl is very attractive, very cute It's a girl that he thinks, oh, I never have a chance with her I'm just a pizza delivery guy, you know We've all had that thought before Yeah, I've been there You're right (laughs) But that same night, Molly invites him over to come watch a movie So as soon as his shift's over, he can go hang out with this girl he's been crushing on So he's all riding high, trying to get through his shift Well, all through the night, he sees these big military trucks Rushing through town Up to this abandoned military base Outside of town It's been abandoned for some time But there's been a lot of activity out there all of a sudden And these trucks just keep rushing through town Pissing people off Driving them off the road And one of these trucks is leaking This uh, fluid This like radioactive shit That uh, when you come into contact with It turns into a zombie So as it's going through town It's leaking this shit everywhere People keep coming into contact with it And by the time the night's up Everyone zombies And uh, Our our, I don't remember Our guy's name The main dude In the story He's pretty much Just running from zombies Thinking like You know What am I going to do next His next thought Comes to Molly The girl he's supposed To go see And it ends with him Off to see if she's okay This was such a fun book I didn't do it justice Awesome uh,
3: Like taken At face value The story like, sounds kind of formulaic on the surface, but it's so well-told, and the art style is so awesome. It's really- very bright. It's, yeah. uh,
1: I don't know. It, uh, it's hard to explain. A lot of, uh, comics nowadays are using these kind of,
3: like, neon pastel kind of colors. Yeah, it's, a, it's colors, a very you know? interesting palette, and there's just something crazy endearing about this comic. I, I love it. Yeah. I can't wait for a second
1: one. It's just, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, a uh, you don't have to like sit and invest like in a big story.
3: <laughs> at least not yet. This is only issue one. It's not V for Vendetta. You know, no. you're not here for the. <laughs> no.
0: So undead. Is that the one end. with the slurp of sources. Yes, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, the yeah.
1: That was a good book. Awesome. So uh, yeah, you can find uh, Jay Wright on Twitter at the J Wright stuff. That's <laughs> the the letter J Wright W R I G H T stuff. Undead end. Check it out. Who would like to
0: nice. go next? Uh,
2: I'll go. Oh, no. Go ahead. Right, go, ahead Mike. For... Okay. go ahead, Michael. Uh, okay. It's a polite uh, off. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> with you guys. Round one. Uh, I had seen uh, this really cool little uh, indie horror film called It Follows. It came out last year, uh, maybe 18 months or so ago. And. After I saw it, I was like, where have I seen the concept of, you know, STDs being the gate to hell and horror? And I remembered a graphic novel series uh, that I read actually in 2005, but it actually predates that even um, to 1995, and it's called Black Hole by Charles Burns. Uh, It was a one, uh, one of 12 series, or one through 12 And it takes place in suburban Seattle, mid-1970s, pre-grunge, but they're all kind of, you know, slackers. And we learn at the beginning that there's this uh, strange plague that's descended on the uh, teenagers in the area, and it's an STD. Uh, And it manifests itself in a number of really scary, scary ways, like sprouting horns, molten skin. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And... uh, It can be anything from kind of hideously grotesque to very subtle and kind of concealable but once you've got it then you've got it and there's kind of no you know going back on it and there's four main characters and some of the kids have it, some don't, some want to get it, you know, again, because the only way to get it is through uh, sexual activity. And, w- you know, what I liked about it was you might expect that there's going to be like the kids who have it versus the kids who don't, and you sort of have a battle, and then, uh, you know, battling the plague and uh, all that sort of thing, and how do we treat it. But instead, it becomes this really um, kind of a fascinating. A Portrait of uh, high school Alienation um, mm. it, it gets very savage um, You know murders start to happen And instead of the You know kind of epic battle um, The kids Actually it winds up being About high school alienation Itself and then you know People start uh, dying uh, They they're mur- are being murdered like very Savagely and then It It um, somehow they kind of make their way through it to adulthood. And that's what you really realize. It's kind of this metaphor for surviving adolescence and, you know, they, your teen years to become something else. You molt your skin and become an adult. And what I really liked about it is, you know, that the art is very, very trippy. I said it was 12 books, but it, it's a really fast read. Um, and it, the, it, it almost is like a high school yearbook come to life uh, in a certain way. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's really scary. It's kind of sexy at the same time. And, uh, and it's got all these, all the like really best elements of horror. It's, it's uh, good stuff. That
1: sounds really good. What's right. that called
2: one more time? Black hole by Charles Burns. And again, I think he was, you know, channeling his own childhood in uh, Seattle from the '70s, but he didn't. It took him like 25 years to write it, and he did it on uh, uh, the publisher. Uh, originally, was Kitchen Sink Press, which is like sort of an underground publisher, I think. But then Pantheon, 10 years later, picked it up, and then it won uh, an Eisner, I think, and a, and maybe a, a Hugo or so uh, in like 2006. So it was one that you know, its time finally came.
1: That sounds awesome. I want to look into that. Yeah, definitely. that sounds really good. You said that was like mid-90s that came out?
2: I originally, but you can find a Pantheon 2005 uh, they they re uh, published it.
1: Cool. Okay. Awesome.
3: I am going to be looking for that one. Awesome. Cool. Who'd like to go next? Jake. I will go next. Kill. Yeah. I've got 4001 AD. Now, I was cleaning out my closet and I found a big pile of, like, those loot crate exclusive comics. Oh, yeah. That I usually don't even consider. You know, <laughs> I mean, but, but this one caught my eye just because of. There's trash in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the cover was really striking. You've got this sort of synthetic looking humanoid with a katana. His one arm is red and glowing. He's, he's almost like a cyberpunk Mega Man kind of thing going. He's flanked by giant robots in this big dystopian spacey. It's just cool. 4001 AD. Let's give it a try. It's from Valiant, who uh, did I talked about Book of Death yes. a long time ago, which I loved. And uh, this ties into that sort of. It's really? In the same, same universe. setting. Yeah. So certain characters reappear, like the Eternal Warrior and all that. Like Bloodshot? Or yeah. A, is that? Okay. Yeah. Bloodshot's in there. Yeah. Ninjak. Gilad. Um, wow. It, it opens up talking about New Japan. Which is like the last superpower on Earth, except it's not on Earth. It is a satellite orbiting Earth. It's like an orbital plate station sort of thing. Wow! That's uh, controlled by a tyrannical AI who's got everyone pretty much certain they're safe and everything's so a very big brothery vibe. The AI is called Father, you know, oh, <laughs> and that's it,
0: reassuring. It, it,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it created a. And in my mind, every time the AI speaks, it's got like George Takei's voice. It's oh. got to right, <laughs> yeah. and um, it's created <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> right. Father keeps everyone in line with his said, like, curated entertainment and all-seeing police, and they're cordoned off into these segregated sectors in space. So everyone's happy. They're just kind of in a dream state, you know? It's sure. not like the real world, but it's, you know, it's kind of working, I guess. <laughs> but And he creates a son for himself, quote-unquote, which is this figure called Rai on the front, who's this sort of sleek, silvery techno samurai who is supposed to be, like, the enforcer of Father And, of course, he goes rogue. This is all in the prologue. Um, And disappears for a while after failing to kill father. Then there's this girl who lives in New Japan, thinking she can kill father. uh, Explodes a virus bomb in hopes of destroying him. Well, that's when she learns father's not real. He's synthetic. So the virus bomb infects the sources, water supply, and everything of this station, and it starts infecting the populace. So Father, in order to keep the spread at bay, is dropping sections, like entire sectors of New Japan from orbit onto Earth, killing everyone inside. And the first panel of the comic proper opens up on these guys who are in uh, sort of a jungle forest biome sector, hunting dinosaurs. Which they've obviously paid for the privilege because they're talking about it when the whole goddamn thing just drops out of the sky and they get spaced and everyone dies. And it's crazy because it's, it's it's interesting the way you've got this freedom fighter figure who was so sure she was doing the right thing ending up being the cause of what is damn near genocide. You know, you've got this, you know, this Rye figure spoken of in hushed tones. Who's It's interesting. They're building this mystique and I thought the setting was great. The art style, super crisp. I love the... Um, very cyberpunk angle. And then you get about two-thirds through the thing. It cuts to Rye, who's on Earth with Gilad the Eternal Warrior and some gigantic, hammer-wielding bald guy called Lemur, who speaks in the third person. Not sure what his story is. I am Lemur. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they stumble into this giant cave where the mossy remains of a gigantic robot exosuit have been kept. Rye jumps in to take the fight to Father, Um, uh, New sectors falling from New Japan to Earth. He tries to catch it. Can't. It just ends up throwing it further off course. And it explodes and everyone dies, which they don't really touch on the implications of that. It's just something that happens. Now, here's the crazy. This is where it gets so fucking weird. He gets up there. Father sees him. He's like, you have forced me to enact Protocol Komodo. Uh And, And it jumps in to Father, this towering AI. He blasts some laser eye beam across his entire council of human helpers, killing all of them, slams a button, and the entire New Japan space station transforms into a giant robot dragon. Oh. And then they have a weird, silly space <laughs> fight. And you know what? I'd be totally down. If it like reconfigured, so it was less about the well-being of the human occupants and more about weaponization, or it unveiled some doomsday weapon. No, it turns into a dragon, (laughs) a dorky, (laughs) yeah, this dorky (laughs) ass dragon. It's so bizarre, but it was fun. It was a fun read. I'm not going to say don't check it out, but it was cool. The art style is very good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I like the idea of like a uh, hanging in orbit kind of colony. Exactly, that was such a strong opening, and then Mm -hmm. I just didn't
1: like the way it finished out. And the dinosaurs were on it, huh? Yeah, they were dinosaurs. And yeah. they met extinction once again. They can't catch a break, a break here, can they? Yeah. All Ooh. right, very good. Yeah, 4, 4001 AD. AD. Cool.
0: And that left Jack. I've got a webcomic called Not a Villain. Hmm. So it's not about a villain?
3: No. I've already no. lost interest. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where everything was destroyed but all there is is the internet and the only way people can communicate with each other is through vr through a whole vr world and in the world is an mmo game a multiplayer role-playing game that is basically the only way to make yourself anything in the world is to get people to watch you kind of like on twitch so you'll make money and become famous because I think it's every month. There's a drawing, and whoever doesn't make it, like who doesn't have the the highest votes, ends up getting kicked out of the game. And uh, it's about this girl that used to be like a super genius hacker that is trying to reform herself and be uh, not bad, I guess. And she's trying to. She's really poor right now. She's trying to make her way, and she wants to get into the game, but she doesn't have any money. So she's got people that are helping her out, and. She's trying to get in and do it and not be a hacker and not be a bad guy. Because I guess apparently hackers are hunted down in the VR world. Ooh. <laughs> so and it's pretty cool because like there's like 500 pages. So I started from the very beginning and looking at the artwork, it was real minimal, real simple artwork. Um, just kind of like, I don't know. The way we draw, I guess it was real kind of cheesy looking, I guess. But that that artwork actually takes place in the VR world. In the real world, it's real dark and heavy shading, and it looks really sweet. And then when it gets into the MMO game, it's real bright and colorful, and like cell shaded. It's it was pretty neat. I was flipping through farther in the pages.
1: That sounds awesome. Pretty, that's really cool. Yeah, I it was like pretty cool. What's it called again? Not a villain. Not a villain. I'm gonna look that one yeah, up too. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Tons of new comics to check out. It's like Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do you expect from a visit to the comic vault, right? (laughs) Very good, guys. Very good. A lot of good books right
3: there.
2: So. None of them belong in a dump.
3: No. That's true. (laughs) I don't know. 4001 has kind of like a couple toes in the dump. (laughs) It's clutching some railing somewhere.
1: All right. With that, we're going to do something we haven't uh, done for a little while here. A little segment called...
0: Real World Heroes. Jack, who have we got this week? Christina Berman from Polk
1: County, Florida. And what has Christina Berman done to deserve a spot on the wall
0: of justice? Well, one day she was filling in as a bus driver, bringing a bunch of middle school students home and, well, back to the school I don't know if it was, a like, a field trip or something like that, but she was bringing the kids back to the school, and she noticed there was smoke coming from the back of the bus. And she thought it originally was an exhaust issue. Before she knew it, uh, the whole back of the bus was on fire. Kids started, you know, scare, running towards the front, getting scared. And she ended up, kept her cool, pulled the bus over, got all the students off the bus just before the whole bus went up.
1: Are you serious? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was no time at all with that bus. As soon as she saw the smoke, it was like seconds before the rest of the thing just cooked.
1: Did they say what was wow. wrong, what happened?
0: No, no, I couldn't see it. I couldn't find that in the, the article itself. Wow. Every kid got off the bus saying, thank you.
1: Yeah. School buses, even when I was in school, have always scared me. They're just right. a death trap, man.
2: Yeah. You're in this always big, hurtling, like,
1: aluminum kids, like, cylinder with no seatbelt, a ton of other bodies. I mean, anything that happens here. Wow. Glass
2: everywhere.
3: Yeah, right. tell me about it. It's just not a good thing. Have you ever seen, story. like, Security camera footage of a a school bus getting hit or flipping over. No, I haven't.
0: Oh, it's gruesome. I've seen, yeah, flipping over. It's crazy because everything's like still except for everything in the middle that's just getting swung around inside.
3: Suddenly all the kids fly up like popcorn.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to look up uh, uh, a school bus crash, I
3: suppose. Well, bring a sweater because you're going to feel cold for a long time (laughs) afterward.
1: Never get me (laughs) on the bus again. Watch this. (laughs) And for that, Christina Berman, you have found a spot on our
0: wall of justice in the Hall of Heroes. So Yay. keep up
1: your good bus driving duties there. I'd, I'd say that's a uh, that's a an associate that deserves some kind of a medal, maybe <laughs> right? you know? maybe a couple weeks paid vacation. There you go, there you go. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, with all that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Michael Len and talk about his book I Holmes. Thanks again for being with us this week, Michael.
2: Thanks for having me,
1: and thanks again for sending us uh, copies of this book. This was a delightful read, right here. Um, I sat down, you know. Typically, when we get these books, you know, we check them out before we talk to somebody. But I was hooked into all three of them. And anyway, I'm going to quit blathering. <laughs> you go ahead and tell the uh, listeners a little bit about uh, I Holmes.
2: Well, thanks. That's uh, that's really cool. Uh, you know, it's, especially when you you work on something with just your small team, and then it starts to go out into the world, you really aren't sure what uh, people's perception is going to be because you just did something for yourself. And uh, iHomes is this uh, project, it's about um, a, a teenage girl who uh, literally doesn't know her name. Uh, she goes by the letter I and, I, and the last name Rose, which is something she kind of adopted and she's living on the streets of uh, um, New Jersey and uh, New York. She lives by her wits. She's a kind of a ward of the state. She has a tracking monitor. She's been in and out of trouble. Uh, she's smart kid, but, you know, she's got some issues. And uh, things start to happen to her. It seems like somebody um, has her in their sights. She's not really sure why. Um, she's uh, con- She lives in uh, a group home. You know, it's just not a great life for her at the time. And uh, it starts with, uh, like, a subway bombing that she survives, and she, you know, comes through it, finding out that she's, like, the number one suspect. And uh, so in order for her to sort of find out her identity, she has to find out why somebody wants to kill her. And, uh, you know, it, my... There, there is a tie into her identity um, that, and it was something that I have taken um, from classical literature. Uh, I always loved the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and the way Alan Moore had like morphed these Victorian heroes into, you know, this, this really cool storyline. And that was something that we were trying to do uh, with I Holmes. Uh, we start with the artist uh, Dan Parsons. You probably know him from uh, Dark Horse. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones a lot of Star Wars projects and he did book one and then uh, we moved with our artist uh, Mark Renee, who's from Man of Action uh, Baymax uh, uh, Studios and he is somebody that I'd worked with on a couple other books uh, one being The Machine Stops which is an adaptation of a sci-fi story from 1909 an E.M. Forster uh, story uh, also about a, a robot, uh, coincidentally. Anyway, so we really wanted to work together on this, and, you know, it's uh, been coming along. We The the arc, uh, the, I should say, the story's set in um, the near distant future of 2009, so it's like iPhone 4s and things like that, and it is an origin story. Uh, we just kind of like the idea of being able to jump uh, forward in time and, you know, and sort of, be, um, you know, have different places where we could tell the story, and you see their, her development as a person.
1: Yeah, and what a uh, fun read it was. I mean, you, you're talking about all these great artists you had on. It was a beautiful book, but I mean, not only in art but uh, storytelling. One thing that really uh, stood out to me, well, a couple things. Uh, one that the weapon that the villain used, that was ingenious. I love just the concept of that weapon. I'm not going to spoil it for people at home. But you just, it's something you've uh, you have never seen, and it's a great idea. Uh, the villain, the Dark Horse villain, he was awesome. <laughs> I loved him. Uh, kind of reminds me of like a BoJack Horseman kind of look. But <laughs> sure. when I say that, you kind of snicker and laugh. But at the same time, when you see him on the pages, oh, not it's, the case. It's, it's, it's it really not, comes
3: together. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's not a humorous appearance. It, it looks... You know, and, right. I, and I
3: love that in a character when you can take a concept that like when you just put it down on paper you're like, Wait, what? But yeah. like when you see it in action, you're like, Oh Yeah, for
0: sure. It was tasks really cool. are always kinda of hilarious to see in action, but Yeah. In this case not so much. No.
1: But the one thing that really stood out to me about this series, at least these first three issues, were how rounded they were. I love that. You know, I mean, it's, for instance, uh, Batman Begins. When he's on the roof and he's having the final words with Jim Gordon before the movie's over, he's like, take this guy, for example. Armed robbery, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves this as a calling card and it's a Joker card. That's a perfect setup for the
3: next movie, you know. It, It concludes the story. Yeah. You know, it's not like some blatant, crummy cliffhanger. Right. You get a nice, and what a strong foundation to, to establish this setting in these characters, where you can get into it, be satisfied with the story, with the time you put into it, and know there's so much room. Right. And that's that's the hallmark of a great project, so that's and that's exactly one how these of the strengths here. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's how these three issues ended. So I just thought it was uh, brilliantly done. I was going to ask you uh, why the Sherlock Holmes universe, but uh, you said you're just a big fan of it.
2: Yeah, I always love that fictional world. Um, it's you know uh, over 100 years old, but what I noticed is that every generation ha- takes a turn at reimagining Sherlock oh, Holmes mm-hmm. and it and you know and some of it is the story um you know and he uses his logic and his skills of deduction and so on but it's the contradictions of his personality that i think are why we keep feeling he's really really modern and uh you know that kind of dichotomy of you know the holmes world and his abilities yet he you know it just and yet he's messed up and so that's what i I said you know bringing it into this world maybe you know having a young woman who has been blessed with these great abilities um yet has these problems i I, you know i'm glad that you guys got that we came at it from character if it didn't make sense for her character then the gadgets aren't going to be nearly as cool and they'll be kind of conventions but yeah I, i just um i really wanted to take my turn at the wheel of, like, bringing it in. I just thought that there were, you know, some things about, even, you know, the, the films have been great and the TV series and so on, but it just seemed like every generation gets a chance to, like, reimagine it, and I and that's what I wanted to do.
1: Typically, when you see a reimagining of Sherlock Holmes, the reimagining doesn't stray too far. It's like a the, palette swap. Yeah, you from know? the original concept. They, most of the time, still say in the uh, same time period... Uh, I
3: don't know. I've never seen anything as far away from the original concept as this. And that's the connections you make are the conceptual, you know, it's like elements sort of under the surface of the character. It's it's not something, she doesn't walk around in a deer stalker cap or something, you know, smoking a (laughs) pipe, you know. (laughs)
1: Hey, guess who I'm really looking for. No, 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 nothing like that. It's very subtle. It's not not brought to your attention uh, right up front, so...
2: Well, I thought that the problem with a lot of adaptations is that they always imagine him very Victorian. You know, no matter what, he's like sort of like he was either, he's either kind of considered asexual or, you know, people would be like, oh, what's up with him and Watson kind of thing. And I just, I'm like, you know, that really just seemed like that's kind of mired in the 19th century. And so once I kind of felt not encumbered, that way then I was able to say to take a look at the the lore of Sherlock Holmes and look at it with fresh eyes and you know same with the the artist we you know we had a lot of conversations about Dark Horse and you know whether he would be like kind of you know superhero-ish or super villainish. and I said now he's got to be very contemporary it's got to be like somebody who once they take the mask off he could be anyone And you know that makes it to me it makes it more dramatic and and scarier
1: yeah it could be someone standing right next to you and you never know it it could even be me (laughs) jake are you dark horse (laughs) yes so uh issues one and two are currently available and issue three is yet to be released correct
2: that's right we just uh wrapped it last uh last week um and uh so we're just you know taking it waiting our turn it's it's all on comiXology now and then we'll have a print release sometime later uh hopefully in time for San Diego Comic-Con in July
1: well I was going to ask you that too if you uh, get out to conventions but obviously you do so you're going to the big the convention to beat all conventions
2: uh, yeah, well, you know, I used to go when it was a lot more fun and it, it's become the, a little bit like work. I, you know, my home conventions are like long beach and, uh, you know, the, um, uh, most of the, the ones in Southern California, but you know, San Diego is only uh, two and a half hours away. So I go and, it, uh, you know, I hate to say it, when I did a book called Prey, it was, uh, with Marvel in 2007 and uh, was on uh, Dable Brothers imprint, and I did a signing at that time with George R. R. Martin, and we sat at our little table, and I would say like maybe every thirty, forty seconds, a fan would come up and chat chat with us, you know. So we were we were busy, but not that busy, you know. Um, now, you know, George R. R. Martin would be in Hall H and so on, but uh, Comic Con used to be more like that. So I find that if I go to other Comic Cons, I was in Richmond. In uh, end of September, and that was a really amazing Comic Con to be at. Uh, people are really appreciative and knowledgeable, and, and and so on. San Diego is still fun, but it's a lot of work for for creators now.
1: Right, and not to mention all the crowds and all the people. And oh, I don't think I could do it. I'm right. claustrophobic. Bring your
3: survival gear.
1: Yeah, all those people yeah. elbow to elbow for three days. I don't think I could camel pack it. and an entrenchment tool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to bibble whack in
1: so do you guys have a uh, release date then for the third issue or is that still pending
2: oh, it's still pending we're uh, going to hear momentarily from the uh, publisher which is Alterna
1: awesome wow that's awesome well you're going to have to let us know and uh, we'll definitely keep our listeners in touch and let them know how to get a hold of it
2: absolutely Oh, thanks thank you
1: well no man thank you this has been a hell of a lot of fun and uh, look forward to doing it again
3: sometime
2: Okay, uh, don't worry, Mr. Roboto. <laughs>
3: hey, it's robots. Look at that. The theme is that. strong this episode.
1: <laughs> Jack, what do we have on the
3: website?
0: Go to com, where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the new addition to the Wall of Justice. Check out some of the videos from our YouTube page. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page.
3: And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. I'm still out there putting out quality material, people. I want to see some retweets. Please validate me. <laughs> no insecurities over here. No. no, not at all. Not at
1: all. Not at all. I need Check, your, make like, Tobias
0: Canned famous. <laughs> <your friend. laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, don't forget to check out our YouTube page too. A lot of good stuff on there. We have a new interview from Scoop Runyon from OhioCon. Yeah we do. That was on fun. There. Yeah, Annie was, good was cool too. as hell. Yeah. Great comic. Yeah, the too. book looked cool. I
3: was gonna tell you, uh shoot her a message. We should get her on the show. We'll do, yeah. 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 I told her to uh contact us, but I'll I'll send her a Nip message. Nip that one in the ass. Get yeah, her in here. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Alright, uh anything else guys? I think that does it. Right? Am I forgetting anything? Alright, well until next time I am Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Michael Lent. Thanks for listening, everyone.
3: Daddy's cough syrup. This is where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need drugs to get high, Doc. You just need the Candy Podcast. That's good Good. advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle.
0: Just one question: What are you doing outside the window? (laughs)
3: Ha ha! Tell
1: your mama to call me. G I Joe. these three issues. I sound like I'm blab- blab- uh, blabbering sure here.
0: Do. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances to be behind the scenes on press box access. You'll hear from me, Todd Jones and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access.